and welcome to our Living My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest this week is Barry Horowitz. And if you watch wrestling in the late 80s, early 90s, you saw Barry wrestle every weekend. He's one of the greatest enhancement wrestlers of all time, and enhancement meaning it was his job to get the guy over. Wins and losses didn't matter, it was just his job to get the match over. And we talk about that phrase a little bit. He finally got his push in 1995. And we talk about that, his feud with Skip, also known as Chris Candino. And we talk about how they incorporated his Jewish heritage into his character later on. And then he moved to WCW, where he was part of Goldberg's legendary unbeaten streak. And he wasn't supposed to be part of it. We talk about how that happened. We talk the state of professional wrestling now. Barry speaks his mind, very opinionated. And if you remember when he came to the ring, he'd give himself a little pat on the back. We talk about how that gesture came about, because that's one of the most, I think, famous gestures in wrestling history, if you ask me. And I hope you enjoy my conversation with Barry. So, Barry, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Noel. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So I always felt like wrestling was kind of like an old friend because it was it's always there. You know, you can kind of go up. It's on so much now these days and if you you know you miss it for like you know a couple weeks even a couple years you go back to it and it's like nothing ever you know you didn't miss anything it's great yeah yeah it's it's you know it's like comfort food pretty much you know so i was out of it for i'd say about two decades and my kids slowly got me back into it My, my daughter of all people started watching it she loved it and then got my older son who was like this is stupid at first and now he's more obsessed than she is and got me in my mother again so it's it's fantastic we're all going to events watching it you know nine million you know times we get it's fun it's you know it's a good comfort food but going back to like when i first started like you know mid 80s Mm i would always watch you know superstars and challenge and there you were you (laughs) were on the show those shows more than Hulk Hogan or the junkyard dog or, or these guys, because you were putting these guys over and you were doing a great job of it. But when I was that young, I didn't really appreciate the fact I'm like, okay. Cause at that point it was like, it was still kind of real, or that's how sure. the you know perception sure. of it was. And then I'm like, Oh man, Hulk Hogan's leg drop. How do they keep losing to Hulk Hogan's leg drop? But then, you know, <laughs> I'm like, wow, Barry Harward to whoever it was is really selling it, but no one like, put these guys over more than you so and i'm sure you hear this a lot but how how like satisfying is it for you to like put these guys over and make them look good and even like helping yourself out in in the same regards you know that's a great question i've answered it a bunch of times but i like the way you put it i guess it's the jewish in you and the jewish (laughs) in me so absolutely you, you can't help it Remember, there's only two kinds of people in this world, Jewish people and people that wish they were Jewish. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so any, anyway, um, yeah, you know, this was my dream, Noel, to be a pro wrestler. What part I've had in it, as long as it wasn't, you know, I go out there, have the job face, look like shit, and, uh, oh, sorry, I didn't know if I can cuss or not. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, okay, but um, I was... In my, in, my, in my honest opinion of me and my career, you could have did anything with me. Enhancement, um, I, I've carried the torch. It's not like I just put over guys. Uh, I put over guys 
I would, there's a certain person, you can't just put anybody in there with an ultimate warrior or a Lex Luger. You can't. That's my job to make them look like they can do things. And I don't mean discrediting things, but um, I mean, some guys deserve it, but some guys don't. But then you could also put me in there with Owen or Bret Hart, and it's going to be super duper because we're both good workers. Right. Okay. So I fulfilled my dream on my own, my own gimmick, my own work. I mean, I was trained by the greatest, the, the Malenkos, um, and I am being biased. They're the greatest. As right. far as coaching, I do seminars and coaching, and I do it uh, textbook the way they the way they taught me. And I'm a big firm believer in that, Noel. And I, I just think, as my part, everybody, not everybody, could be Hogan, Shawn Michaels, or any other of these so-called top guys. You, you got to have somebody like me. And it's got to be done right. Because believe me, if there was guys that were opposite of me, attitude, personality, body, mindset, these guys wouldn't get over. And nobody would have a job, literally. So um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy the way my career went. Yes, would I have liked to have did financially a little bit more? Yes. Would I have liked to gone longer? Yes. But I'm grateful for what I've had. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be bitching and, and moaning because uh, I did, I can look at myself in the mirror every day. I've never failed a drug test. I never caused a problem. Uh, Jim Carnett almost said it pretty cool. Uh, I heard a podcast and he says, you were too good, Barry, <laughs> you know, and I hear that a lot. And then, um, I think the only time, Noel, it bothers me is, and I'm not going to mention names because I don't feel like it, but when guys of my circle think they're on the same level as me, and I'm going, wait a minute, dude, you don't look like me. You haven't gone as far as me, as, as far as, you know, you, 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 you could say, oh, I went to SummerSlam and I did this. Now, some guys, mm, it was the push. It was the power of the pencil, so to speak. And then some guys really deserve it. In my eyes, I really think I deserved my push or what I did and maybe even more so. And then, and then some guys will go, well, I did this and I didn't. I'm going, wait a minute, you failed drug tests. You look like crap. I mean, I mean, come on now. You're late for shows. Your work is substandard. So that's how I defend myself. And, and it's very, my biggest thing especially now as I get older, is being disrespected. I don't care if it's a joke, a rib, it's wrong. And anybody who disrespects me in the wrestling business, they're a friggin' mark for themselves. And they should be ashamed of themselves. Because if they want to go on a battle of wits, they're unarmed. It ain't going to happen because, no, because of, um, I I don't agree with certain things they'll say. Now, that's my opinion now. So, and you know, what's funny, Noel, too, is after all these years, like what you said, uh, like when you were younger and you didn't understand, and now the internet and the kayfabe sheets and all that, now people are starting to appreciate the business for what it is. Because I do these meet and greets and I, I'm going to say 98% of the meet and greets I do or interviews I do are all positive and plus. Nobody's jabbing at me or saying you suck or, or questioning my accountability or ability or professionalism. 
because I won't have it. I've been this way since I started training amateur wrestling. I've always been um, uh, straightforward and try to hone my craft. That's just me. I'm a straight laced, whatever you want to call it, straight edge, straight edge, uh, right. straight laced, whatever. That's what I was about. And you mentioned like, you know, people coming back now and kind of looking at your career, it's similar to like baseball players who are out like for decades and they want, you know, like look at someone at the Hall of Fame for baseball and they kind of reexamine their career. I'm like, wow, this player, you know, his numbers might not be good. Well, wrestling numbers will throw up, but his work was, it was great. He was dependable, you know, this and that. And that's exactly what you, you were there. You were always there. You know, you, you know, took it, you know, I guess you can say took one for the team because you you know, got so many people over and in yourself, you got, you got yourself over too. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And you know, it's not like I didn't give a crap about my ad about my career or anything. Think right. about it. I could have said, no, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And what would have happened is they get somebody else. It's mm -hmm. unprofessional. And where am I going? Exactly. To the Indies. Right. Word now, travels and, fast. And, yeah. And, and, and you want to talk professionalism and who's did it in a different way. Kurt Angle. Right true pro he could beat anybody in this business the man is a gold medalist exactly he personifies wrestling pro wrestling athleticism he don't have an ego with that and yeah and how quickly does, did he pick up the business you know he picked up the business promos look work in one year yeah i cannot believe there's been a lot of amateur wrestlers none of his caliber right that have not did what he did he's yeah. phenomenal and um He's a true Hall of Famer. Uh, I didn't like his going out match. I didn't agree no, with that. Agreed. That, that's yeah. that's Mister. That's Mister Vince. Yeah. But again, a true pro. He didn't have to do it because people know. Believe me, when I go into when no when I go into a bank and stuff, they don't say win or lose. They right. say how much you want to deposit, Mister Horowitz. Exactly. Some say Mister Technical, but that's right. Of course, story. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right and you, you mentioned retirement matches like there hasn't been one really good one you know it's like, it's like baseball oh. these are sports they hang on too long and it's like you feel bad for these guys you know see i never want to be in that position right i wanted to leave the fans now granted you get older but they knew my work and if i can't leapfrog and i can't drop kick and i can't do a northern light suplex right i can't do an amateur move i don't want to be there exactly now granted I'm sure if the payday was extremely large and they asked me to do something on Monday Night Raw live, I'm going to do it. Yeah. But I want people to remember me for how I was and not a, a broken down wrestler. And I still think at my age now, I, I still think that, I mean, I have people go, are you still working? Are you still wrestling? I, right. I just had this a couple of weeks ago at a meet and greet in, uh, well, we're in North Carolina at Wrestlecade. And uh, yeah, so uh yeah, I, I, I'm a big believer in that, uh, of just staying in shape always. I've, I've always did that through high school and college, and I'm a certified sports nutritionist. Okay. And um, yeah, it's just, uh, it just, it's in my DNA, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Now, traveling, you know, obviously going from city to city and then, you know, doing the t TV tapings, you know, a couple, couple nights a week. How hard is it for you to stay, like, I mean, healthy, you know, all, all those years? I mean, because now... Obviously, it's a lot different than it was before, but like how how difficult is it for you just to like maintain that lifestyle? Well, I train six days a week. I'm semi-retired. 
So I, the road, the airplanes, and the bumps, that's what wore me out. So between, I mean, I do everything but steroid. I'm working on a, a, a um, portable hyperbaric chamber that will complete my recovery. As far as nutrition, supplementation, uh, rest, my training methods as I get older, uh, I've got that honed. I've got it down. So um, that's what keeps me that's what keeps me going because my chiropractor said, if you didn't do all this, you'd be in a wheelchair. Right. He says, I, I can't believe the shape that you're in or the degree of my stretchability and my hamstrings and my, my back. Cause I do have some injuries. And, um, uh, at, after over 25 years in the wrestling business, if you don't have injuries, right. you were just a walker and talker in that ring. And, right. uh, I don't believe in that. It says on the marquee outside Madison Square Garden, pro wrestling tonight, not tables, ladders, and chairs, and ha-ha and gaga. Yeah, right. <laughs> Do you remember your first bump and how painful it felt? Oh, God. That's when I when I first started training with the Malenkos in right. a judo school okay. on one-inch mats, taking backdrops and suplexes from, from Jody Malenko, Shelly Malenko, and the great Malenko. Uh, the only thing that I was lucky, it toughened me up. I was an athlete already and I was only 20 years old or 19. Right. And in my mind, I wanted to, I want to succeed. So I, you, you, yeah, it's, it's rough to hit those ropes. I thought somebody was punching me in the kidneys and liver. Oh, brutal. Yeah. But you get used to it. You're wrestling every night. And if you're taking care of yourself, uh, it, you'll weather the storm, so to speak. Right. How long after you first started training did you actually have your first match? Whoo, my first indie show, Malenko's, was in Florida, just a small show at a civic center. I think I wrestled, uh, I forgot who it was, Frank Martinez, aka Dr. Death, but not Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Williams right. <laughs> um, I probably didn't get my first match. I was in training three days a week, three hours a night, working a part-time job, training with the weights, three hours a night in the mattress factory. It's like 40 degrees in the winter, believe it or not, in, in Florida, and about 105 in the summer. And I stayed that consistent, never missed a workout, 18 months. Wow. So my first match was probably nine months in. Okay. Yeah, that's the way Malenko trained. If you're not ready, you're not going... I mean, I would bug him to order boots and stuff. What for? He says, you're not ready. So I realized what he did for me not only increased my accountability and professionalism, but he built my foundation. If you're building a house, he built my foundation. Right. As far as the second and third and fourth bedroom in the attic, yeah. that was all being polished by, by traveling with different right. uh, people like Mike Rotundo and 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 the young bloods and and uh, flair and orton jr and valentine and johnny weaver piper when i went to my first or my or my first full-time territory um mid-atlantic for jim crockett in the carolinas okay i stayed here for two years right and you mentioned you know you're, you're also coaching now um do you have like students who because obviously now with social media and everything being televised instant uh, gratification so it was nine months for you before you got your first match these guys probably want nine minutes before their first match so how hard yeah. is it to kind of like reel them in 
Yeah, they don't. I think they, some of them understand and some of them, see, I'm new school and old school. And right. some of them, they want to go right to the moonsault before they could learn how to get in the ring, yeah. lock up properly, get a headlock. You know, it's not what it's all about is headlock, drop kick, arm drag. It's about working that ring inside and out as a professional, carrying yourself in the airports, diners, traveling, right. not acting like a carny because it gives it gives wrestling a pro wrestling a black eye. Yeah. Be a pro like the other sports, NBA and and uh, soccer and football and NFL and whatnot. But uh, I'm sure there's problems there. We just don't hear about it. You hear more about it in wrestling yeah. because I think some of the rules are they need to tighten up, which I think they have. But on, on some circuits, you know, they just do what they want. Right. I don't agree with that. You know, you know, just um, there's a lot besides, like I said, being in that squared circle in and in the ring, psychology, learning the holes, learning the moves, learning submissions. Just that psychology is huge. I mean, if you just drop kicks uh, and, and headbutt and do that, it's right. great. Yeah. But if there's nothing else added to that stew, it's bland. It's blah. Yeah. That's what makes a good worker into a great worker. Right. So how did you determine which ingredients are going into your stew then? I would travel with guys that have been around Rufus R. Jones, Jimmy Valiant, sit in the backseat, mm. keep my mouth shut, listen to the stories. Yeah. I'd watch a lot of, I watched a lot of world-class Georgia championship wrestling, Florida championship wrestling, and the WWWF and NWA. And I would constantly watch people like Don Morocco, Wharton Jr., uh, uh, Kurt Henning, anybody that represented technical wrestling. And I took a little here, a little there, a little here, a little there, and created Mr. Technical Barry Harlitz. What puts me aside to the others is I'm the heel, the pat on the back is my Mm -hmm. gimmick, and I did, and and I think my technical wrestling, some some of it outshined some other people. Right. You know, you can't just technical wrestle through the whole match in pro wrestling; it'll become boring. Yeah. But if you mix it with with entertainment and a little pizzazz, you got a winning formula. I promise you. Right. To this day, it works. Yeah. Now, like you being a technical wrestler, is it like detrimental to? the fan and the product have two technical wrestlers in there at the same time going at each other because you mentioned it being boring uh no because normally if i did that let's just say uh let me just throw off the, let me just throw the first thing to mind let's just say brad armstrong and barry horowitz right brad's going to be the ultimate baby face he's going to sell for me he is going to be technical but i'm going to be technical but i'm also going to be Brad's not going to go for the eyes. Brad's not going to go for the tights. Brad's not going to be the coward, the cheating heel. You know, I may do an amateur move and then hold the tight. See what I mean? So that, the pat on the back, working the people, that's what separates us. And that's what makes it not boring. Right. Okay. So you mentioned the pat on the back and, you know, it's legendary. I mean, everyone does it, (laughs) you know, outside wrestling, of course, you know, you pat yourself on the back. Um, How did that come about? Actually, I was in an amateur match and it was in high school and I just did something that was, I was just so happy because sometimes in our school, you could see the scoreboard and it was lit up points. And I got, I think a point or two. And I was, I just jumped up and 
I don't know what made me do that. I really don't. I just, I may have seen a comedian do it. I may have heard it something on TV. I don't know, but I did it. I got points deducted and I got screamed at and reamed at right. by my uh, wrestling coach. So I put it in the back pocket, so to speak, and I saved it. And when I turned heel and I thought about it, I turned it on. Uh, it was it was smart that you remembered it and like because yeah yeah I, I, absolutely now you had different like obviously uh names you know sort of was it jack hart right was your first one uh actually it was barry hart barry hart gave me. okay and, when i went to my first territory they changed my name to bret hart now i don't know bret hart okay i'm in i'm at tv at a new uh news station and i think it was um Michael Hayes was one of the bookers. And back then you had Gary Hart as a heel manager, Barry Hart as a baby. It don't right. mix. Now you could do anything you want. Yeah. So they said, hey, we, we don't want confusion. We're going to call you Bret Hart. I don't care what you call me. I'm working six nights a week and my yeah. dreams come through. Right. You know, I'm, I'm traveling with all these superstars and I'm learning. So I didn't know that there was a real Bret Hart. I mean, I knew a lot about the wrestling business, but yeah. I didn't know about Stampede in Calgary right. and, 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 and that um, area. So I knew about the state. So I didn't know that. And, yeah. you know, I'm not going to dispute it. <laughs> That'd be stupid. Right. So when word got to uh, Bret Hart about that, how, what was his response? Well, when I got to the WW, my first run with them was in 87 or 88. Yeah. He kind of not talk to me because he's that type of guy. Right. And what, what I really like to this day is that he realized after a year, yeah. it was a mistake. I'm not some goofball. Right. And I could, and I could work like he does and like his father taught and yeah. like Owen did and all his thousands of brothers. Right. <laughs> yeah. So there was a respect there. And to this day, I, I've seen him at meet mm -hmm. and greets and, I've noticed uh, people, I come across these meet and greets, they've changed. Uh, some change, some are still the same old person. Some are yeah. not alive. Right. Some have still got the same bad habits. And then some are like, oh, you know, you really were a good worker. And, this, and I'm going, in my mind, I'm going, why didn't you tell me this 15 years ago when I was in the locker room? Right. Well, I don't know. Some of these guys don't want to say that. Some of them think uh, they don't want to put you over verbally or he may take my spot. Yeah. I've never had a problem with that. I've never been insecure about you're going to take my spot or I'm going to outdo you. I did what I was taught. I wasn't trying to outdo you. Yeah. But if I was told to, you know, like sometimes calm it down and it wasn't, they never really directed it at me, but they knew I could outwork my opponent, certain right. people. Right. But not too much though. Not too much. Right. Yeah. Who was like the most appreciative? of you like you know selling them and getting them over wow that's a pretty good question um darn I, I i don't know i mean the armstrongs were great brian pillman um uh tom zink right um god reno riggins ben jordan sam houston uh skip of course right yeah uh owen not at first Okay. But then as he, he learned to, and after we worked hundreds of times, the respect factor yeah. was there. I loved working with Owen, my style, totally. Right. Uh, all those guys I mentioned are my style. Yeah. It's more of a night off. When you put me in there with um, 
Ultimate Warrior and guys of that nature that don't know a wrist lock from a wristwatch, it's I got to really work hard. Yeah, I have to. I mean, I got and I don't mind working hard. That's right. my job. But you got to really be methodical with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and otherwise, uh, he ain't getting over. He ain't putting asses yeah. in the seats. Was I guess this leads me to my next question. I know you're a professional and you you wouldn't like you know sell less for someone you don't like, but did you have to get your arm twist a little bit for some of those? Like as far like as what? far as like as you mentioned, Ultimate Warrior. I'm sure you yeah. hated selling for him, but like you know, some guys like that, you you, you went into the ring. I'm like, I don't want to sell for this guy tonight, but you know what? I'm a professional. I'm gonna do I it. Did. And, I yeah. did. Um, yeah, I was taught. I was taught by many people, but I'll never forget Jimmy Valiant telling me, you come back, bad match or not. Hey, yeah. thanks a lot, brother. Appreciate it. Why are you going to go into this song and dance and have an argument? It's not that I'm right. afraid or a coward. Right. I'm being more of a pro. And if they think that's being the opposite, well, again, they're a mark for themselves. Right. Um, I was just, uh, yeah, there was some guys, I remember going in there with Chris Adams for WCW. Okay. And I knew this was going to be a train wreck. I, I just his mannerisms. Uh, I traveled with him once, and that mm -hmm. was enough. Right. And uh, I don't like speaking ill of the the deceased, but right. I'm just yeah. calling it like it is. And his work went from here to there. Uh, the only reason he was there is a favor for Terry Taylor. He should have not okay. been there. Uh, no, he didn't look good. His 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 gear didn't look good. His work was substandard. His look was substandard, and I didn't like our match at all. And I never have a problem um, with somebody. I'm going to beat a pro, but right. it, it was just, uh, yeah, I'm going, I'm putting you over, and you're not even putting the effort. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was only a handful of guys that I, I really, either some of them I really didn't like or I didn't like their attitude, or they were just a piece of crap. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's 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 the bottom line. I mean, right. without going into a whole of course whole friggin' song and dance. Right, right. Who you, who's your favorite person to travel with? Oh wow. Good question. Uh, I like traveling with Reno Riggins. I like traveling with Barry Darso. I like traveling with nails. Uh <laughs> There's only a few people I travel with. I try to travel with people like myself right. that like to hit the gym, you know, no bars, get a good night's sleep because, you know, you got to wake up early for a flight yeah. or drive to another town. And I'm normally, sometimes I'm on first, second or third, want to be on time, want to warm up, want to get my match under, you know, doing my job. Yeah. Like Bill Belichick says, do your job. Right. And that that's 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 all i want to do so i would travel with people similar to me and if they weren't i drive alone okay. and believe me it's awesome right <laughs> yeah it's awesome right which which wrestler surprised you most outside the ring like just the personality that you, you got to know they were just totally different than their character nails okay yeah unbelievable yeah. right the guy when he likes you He's caring. He, he's respectful. He's the real deal. Right. But if you're on his bad side or cross him, Watch that's out. not a person. You don't want to mess with nails or, mo or almost anybody, uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, or anybody, uh, um, uh, 
and from Minnesota. Right. He had he had Sharky Group. Okay. Uh, or Samoans. You just don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> and they don't respect a ha ha and gaga. They respect hard workers. Right. Every one of them, Jimmy Snuka, Barbarian, uh, Afa and Sika. I got along with uh, CV Afi, Coco Samoa. They're all good people to this day. And they work their ass off. Yeah. And that's why, if you noticed, yeah. Vince always has Samoans. Always. Yeah. Especially Vince now. Senior and yeah. Junior. Right. Because they look good and they work hard. Right. Yeah. Especially now, you know, three of them on SmackDown. Right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Now the, the TV tapings, I'm sure you did a few of them like per night. <laughs> How many matches did you wrestle like per, per taping? When I first started, you no, know, um, I would two days of taping. This is the format for WWWF right. when Vince senior was in charge Tuesday and Wednesday. Allentown and Hamburg every three weeks, two days, I'd be wrestling six times. Wow. They didn't have a lot of guys. Right. Yeah. But then when we advanced, when Vince was just a multimillionaire, not a billionaire, right. and we went to WWF, I'd wrestle probably once a night on okay. a TV taping, maybe twice, maybe. So sometimes a dark match, try out people. Yeah. I was known for that too, trying out people. I mean, I've had tryouts for um, uh, uh, Smoking Guns, okay. Bob Holly, anybody that was uh, anybody that just first came in. I normally would have them first, and that was kind of a compliment. That was pretty cool. So yeah. that was nice too. Yeah. Did they get your input, like the, the bookers and stuff like that, about like how the match went? You know, with the, the Smoking Guns or those guys. Oh yeah, they would. They yeah. would come back. I would talk to. Uh, Bart and Billy, or I would talk to Chief J Strongbow, and they'd say what they want, and I'd give them what they want. Right. I never went outside that circle. There's no reason to. Yeah. Why? You know, it's easier to go along and get along than break the rules. Maybe right. some guys to this day, oh, breaking the rules is cool. Well, you know, if you did that in a regular job, you'd get fired or written up. Right. So I don't agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, maybe some of these guys will grow up one of these days. Yeah. So not breaking the rules, being too good. You finally got your push in, in 95. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know why it took so long, but, but you got it. Huh. Um, you know, you, you wrestled uh, Royal Rumble, the Survivor Series, SummerSlam, everything like that. Why yeah. did it, so, it take so long? And, and how no uh, had they come up with it? I don't know. And they took a chance because I could have left. I could have went somewhere. Right. I think they just saw this perseverance in me. That's what I think. And I'm telling you, I would be at that gorilla position, pumped up, oiled up, ready to go. Many times they've canceled my match, not on purpose. It was for TV time. You're live. I right. never bitch, never complain. I got paid for lacing up my boots. Right. Other guys would bitch, complain, out loud, verbal. Okay. Of course, that goes back to the office. They're not too smart. You know, kind of, come on, guys, kayfabe, what are you doing? Right. But, um, I would just, hey, I'm living my dream. That's what I'm there for. Yeah. So there's no reason to moan and bitch and whine. So I just persevered, persevered. And I was told that I was I worked skip at the Bradley Center in Milwaukee. Okay. And um Black Black Blackjack Lanza, oh. rest in peace. Yeah. Uh was a great agent. And I think he reported it back to the office. We need to try these guys out. And 
yeah, then Pat Patterson came up to me and laid it out. I thought it was a rib, but I was always taught to go along with the rib. Right. And I think, you know, Kevin uh, Nash smartened me up to it because he was in production meetings and booking okay. meetings because he was the world champ. Right. And we got along and he, and he respected me. You know, some guys don't have to like you, but they respect you for your ability. Right, right. Uh, and and I think I think he did that. And uh, yeah, it went on from there. And they said, well, we don't know how this will go. But I think it, it took off, obviously. Yeah. I mean, shoot, they had me at the WrestleMania in Anaheim. I was at parties. I was at celebrity softball games. I did a commercial for karate fighters with Hakushi. I mean, I, I did every, I mean, dark matches in WrestleManias and uh, just everything you could do. Survivor yeah. Series, uh, captain of my team. Right. Um, yeah, just incredible. I mean, the Red Knight, everything. Yeah, yeah the Red Knight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my career has been, you know, a lot of guys, these guys that bitch and moan or, or knock my career or envious or jealous. They wish they were at my position right. instead of their position. Believe me, I wouldn't want to be in their position because that's not what I strive for. Right. That's not where I wanted to be in this business. And I wanted to be even more so, but you can only do so much. There's right. politics and everything right, in football and country music and Hollywood. Yeah. We just don't know about behind the curtain. Right. So did you have any input in like the whole Jewish mo moniker? Like, you know, the, the, the Havaga Nagila, the Star David on the shorts. I mean, that, not, that Vince's idea, who was, whose idea was that? Not really. I think uh, they came to me, Strongbow was, uh, they were telling me about the Star David and just, you know, they first had a couple of stars on there and he was right. You know, it's a shoot, it's religion, it's a, it's a yeah. faith. You don't right. make it gaudy. One star. And that yeah. was it. And then it was their idea about the music. Um I really didn't have any input. Uh, again, a respect factor there, why they didn't ask me and so forth. But at the same time, yeah. I'm happy to get this push. I'm not going to question it. Right. Now, when I did, when I did start getting some certain ideas and I thought I, I shot them at them and I did it a few times and they definitely uh, agreed with it. And I like that. Uh, yeah. Different ideas. Right. How did so, you like? Yeah. How did you like your little feud with Chris Candino? I loved it. Yeah. Uh, every night was a night off in my eyes because there was no jealousy. Right. There was um, no teeth pulling. There was no nothing but having fun and wrestling hard, working our ass off, and nobody's getting hurt. See, there's a big secret that I I uh, promote a lot, and a lot of guys to this day, even some of the veterans, don't yeah. get it. Is the secret is to having a good match, get the match over. I don't mean get it over in a minute and take a shower. Right. I know what you mean. Get the match over. Not you. Right. The not match. Tommy Wildfire Rich. Not the referee. Right. Not the fire, you know, not the 20,000, 30,000 people at the Philadelphia Spectrum. Get everything over and you will have a complete puzzle. Yeah. Otherwise, there's pieces missing. Right. When, and if you when, do that, yeah. it's going to be good, real yeah. good. Yeah. And people will like it. Yeah. especially today's wrestling fans the smart marks yeah. they know the difference between my type of wrestling and the haha -ha and gaga they don't like right. the clothesline punch clothesline kick throw right. them out yeah outside yeah. and twenty thousand uh moonsaults and fifty five thousand super kicks to the face yeah 
So it makes you about as much makes about as much sense as a one-legged fireman kicking down a screen door in a submarine. Right. <laughs> right. You, you mentioned today's wrestling. Um, what, what are your thoughts on it? I'm sorry. Your thoughts on like today's wrestling, I should say. Um, if I was an agent and I'm told certain things, um, there's certain things I would tweak, but it's my opinion. Right. Because I may say something and the other agent may not want that or the CEO may not want that. So I'm going to do what I'm paid for and to keep my job. But uh, I don't agree with certain things. I don't agree with um, reputitious of certain things. Like I told you to super kicks to moonsault. Yeah. Too much outside. The only right. people that see the outside really is ringside. And then you're spoiling them. If you don't do it, they're going to start saying yeah. boring, boring. And you can't have every other match doing the same spots. Come on, guys. You got you got a billion-dollar company here with 50 to 80 guys on the roster. Change your shit up. Yeah. Don't be don't be complacent and don't be be multifaceted. That's what I try. I change my matches every night. I work the neck, I work the back, I work the arm, work the leg. You know why certain guys can't do it? They weren't taught. They don't know how. Right. They don't know how to do it. I mean, how many times I, uh, somebody's come up to, well, Barry, I don't want to do this. I, okay, I got something else. Oh, you don't want to do I got something. Yeah. I got something else. I, I could constantly answer them. Right. I, I remember Eddie Guerrero telling me one time, I'm going to use the brain buster for my finish, putting them over on WCW Saturday night. I said, Eddie, if you don't mind, my neck was broken. Okay. I mean, I got a scar in the back of my neck. I was out for 11 months. Wow. You know what looked me right in the eye said no problem we'll do something else see that's a real pro and right. that's a guy that's not complacent and he's got more yeah. than punch kick and brain buster right okay and i respect that and he respected me plus he knows i'm not uh i'm not whining or not want to take the brain buster i should have yeah. said it years ago and my neck wouldn't have been broken. right yeah but i was a trooper and had to keep on going straight forward and i was younger and that's what happened right and you mentioned, you know, punch, kick, brain buster. When you were in WCW, you were part of Goldberg streak. Now, yeah. yeah. Now, I can imagine that was kind of interesting because he was kind of limited wrestling-wise. <laughs> that is the uh, uh, that is the perfect word, limited. A lot of guys are limited. Yeah. Right. Um, I only worked with him twice, and it was fine, and it was quick. But a lot of people don't know one of the TV tapings was done in um, the Nashville Auditorium. Okay. It's the older one, downtown Nashville. I lived there for 10 years, and I'm a big country music fan. Right. And by the way, I was in the number one country music video for Joe Diffie, Pickup Man, CMA, Video of the Year, and Song of the Year. You could see me in there four times. Oh, wow. Nice. It's pretty cool. Right. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty cool. And yeah. glad to be a part of it. And Grand, Grand Ole Opry, I'm a big fan of that. I, yeah. I love country music. And uh the stars and the, uh, everything about Nashville. But um, yeah, I was not supposed to wrestle Goldberg that night. I was off. Okay. There was a certain Japanese wrestler that was supposed to wrestle him. And all of a sudden they can't find him. Hmm. hmm. Now, normally I've been to Japan. I've worked for all Japan, uh, a couple of tours. Right. And the Japanese wrestlers are not like that. They're proud. Hmm. They're going to take it. I was very surprised with this certain individual that couldn't be found. And why can't you find him in the building? Right. He don't want to put him over. He don't want to get hurt. He don't want to do the job. Um, 
I don't like that. It's disrespectful. And when I find them, you would get fined or fired. Uh, so I did it. Okay. And I'm the true pro and probably had a better match with them. Right. So um, I was only, I only worked with them twice. But yeah, the only reason I did do that, I was off that night. Because once yeah. again, Mr. Reliable, not Mr. Technical, Mr. Right. Reliable was there. Not yeah. a problem. I don't have a problem with that. So anyway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned now you're, you know, you're a coach. Uh, how can people get in touch with you if they want your services? Yeah, they get in touch with my Facebook. Uh, my uh, business partner, Richie Sorrentino, which uh, a.k.a. <laughs> uh king of credit i'm king of subway he's king of credit okay that's an inside joke and uh he takes care of everything as far as personal questions he answers light questions as far as bookings he he gets if it's a serious promoter and they want me to do a meet and greet or a seminar which my seminars are normally damn three to four hours i try to mix everything in my whole 18 months into four hours that's right. hard okay. now if i was there every week it'd be only an hour or two we'd talk but it would go on for months right i want to teach them the foundation like i taught but i can't it's just it's just uh wham bam thank you ma'am i'm in and out of the you know i'm in and out of uh the town and and whatnot or unless i come back in a few months which i have did that so they can get you know uh facebook and they can get in touch with me there and i like i said i do the meet and greets I do the hands-on seminars or physically and mentally, and they're thorough. And also, uh, yeah, I'm, like I said, the meet and greets, the seminars, and I sell my merchandise at the meet and greets. I uh, A lot of eight by tens that people haven't seen. Uh, this little dandy is really cool. Uh, oh, that's awesome. By, um, pint size all-stars. Okay. And it's really cool. It's small, and then it, it's got a little bio on the back that Malenko trained me and also um I have a stick pin and it's got me patting myself on the back people are into that I know Ozzy Osbourne is huge into pins on his hats and I'm coming out with a wrestling buddy this one he's 22 inches high 15 inches wide and he weighs a pound this thing is front and back identical it's not just a lookalike they screened my picture from one of my eight by tens and screened it onto the material. Oh, that's great. So I got that. And this is huge. I've got two action figures coming out in the next year. One by zombie sailor. I think it's zombie sailor or sailor zombie. Uh, This is big. And another one that's going to be coming out. I can't disclose the company right now, but these are going to be identical to the eighties and nineties. I mean, I'm on there with rock and roll express, Dino Bravo, there's like 60 wrestlers on here. This is huge. And they're, you know, the, yeah. the uh, I don't know how tall they are, 10 inches or whatever right. they are, but I'm on all of that. So uh, that's mostly my merchandise. And then I'm huge on YouTube, ProWrestlingTees.com. And my favorite, and I'm doing very well on it for the last year and a half, is Cameo.com. Okay. They've been, fans have been awesome to me. Cameo's been awesome to me. They're the number one. I mean, yeah. you name it, somebody's on there. I mean, Brett Favre's on there. <laughs> I mean, Kurt Angle's on there. Yeah. Anybody, anybody in the world of entertainment is on Cameo. I mean, at rest are just, you know, uh, right. mid-card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. And I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
So you can get that T-shirt you're wearing right now on ProWrestlingTees.com. Yeah, right? yeah. I've got actually four T-shirts on there. Oh, cool. There's all different colors. There's a blue one. There's there's black. There's all different colors, different sayings. And I've had a part of, of input with that. And then some of it they've come up with too. So ProWrestlingTees.com is huge. That's awesome. But Barry, I appreciate yeah. your time tonight. Um, oh, like I, I said before, it. I was a huge fan of you growing up and I still am to this day and uh, nothing but Thanks. the best for you. I appreciate it very much. Uh, yeah, it was, it was great being on here and doing your show. And um, at the end of the day, Noel, think about what I'm saying. There's a lot of great wrestlers, I think. Right. But, but wait for it. Barry Horowitz wrestles great. And a special thanks to Barry for joining me today. The guy's a legend, so go follow him on Twitter at BHorowitzWWE. He said his Facebook page, you can get him on Cameo, his wrestling shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees. Everywhere on the internet, go, go find Barry. Guy's a legend. And if you have a guest suggestion, you can hit me up on Twitter at the first Noel19 or like the page Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. Shows on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, basically wherever you can get a podcast. Not sure if a new episode's going to come out next week with the holidays, so just be on the lookout in case there is one. But if not, I hope everyone has a safe and healthy holidays, and we'll see you soon.